You're tuned in to The Kitra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Kitra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. This podcast is being brought to you by my inspiring new book titled Courage is a Muscle, Using Heart to Power Your Entrepreneurial Dreams. You can grab your copy today on Amazon. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks so much for tuning in and checking out another hot episode of SOB Style of Business, the podcast. This is your host, Keitra. And today, you guys, you know I'm back with another fantastic guest. We have some some good stuff to, to be learning and taking in today. So I hope you guys are tuned in and ready to take notes. We're talking to the wonderful, fabulous Miss Holly Baird who's a crisis communications expert. I need my entrepreneurs, small business owners to listen up so we can get this right. <laughs> and she's going to be taking us through her, her journey as it pertains to public relations, talking about the film entertainment industry and all the wonderful things she has going. And, uh, you know, we'll keep it flowing. So without further ado, Miss Holly, go ahead and drop that introduction for us. Give us a quick bra- uh, background and we'll keep the ball rolling from there. Thanks for having me, Kitria. So I've been practicing in public relations and in the niche space of crisis communications for the past 16 years and officially under the helm of Mike Citric at Citric and Company for 14 years. And, you know, at the beginning of last year, 2020, I decided to leave Citric and go in-house at a trial lawyer, celebrity trial lawyer, Mark Garagos' firm, to amplify their cases and also see what it's like being on the market, a solo practitioner and consult really for myself and be able to pick and choose which clients I work on. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now I'm now I'm really excited now because I, <laughs> because first of all, you know, we, we definitely, um, you know, with my background in PR and then just, we, you know what, let me, let me, let me just wait until we get to that point. But I'm excited because there's so the industry is so big, like there's different aspects of it. I know we just kind of delved into that, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I want to start by kind of tracking back a little bit and talking about, you know, your, when you got started, you know, there's public relations, there's marketing, there's all types mm-hmm. of things that, that go into this. Um, but you specialize in like TV and film. That's where you primarily, where you got started. Um, why that specific industry like what what drove what what drew you into tv and film well yes and no crisis communication spans the entire spectrum of industries it could be a business it could be a company it could be a government official Mm, because i'm positioned in los angeles i tend to get a lot of the uh, entertainment and television cases along with the athlete cases we have what four you know professional sports teams and Los Angeles and Hollywood is the, the the beacon of the entertainment industry. So yeah, the yeah. firm I was at just really specialized in crisis. And so, you know, Mike Fitchick did a really great job at creating that brand. And so when I started, I was a little younger, um, obviously blacker, um, being the <laughs> primary only black person Yay. at the firm. You know, when, right. certain, yeah, when certain celebrity cases would come in, they would look to me and say, Holly, take it. And I think he most noteworthy one of uh, those cases at the beginning of my career was Chris Brown. Mm, wow. You know what? And I, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that you mentioned just being the only 
black person in a room, especially in an industry. Well, let me let me let me give you a, a quick overview of where where I'm going for this, mm-hmm. um, where I'm going mm-hmm. with this rather. You know, sometimes when it comes to like conflict and 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 drama and all this other stuff, and especially um, being a black woman, and you get these entertainment, you know, based. Uh, the clients mm-hmm. and, and specifically with music and they look to you like, Holly, you got to take it. Like what, like do you, when you first started, right. And you were looking at these cases, like, mm-hmm. did you ever kind of shrink back and, you know, like what, what sort of, what sort of uh, mindset were you in to say, okay, Hey, yes, I can do this. Or do you think it was more so like, okay, well, she's black. It's entertainment. This is a, a client that is, you know, um, you know how you just kind of get stereotyped into to feel right. like you have to take these these types of uh, clients and cases. Like, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I actually don't. I see every opportunity from a different vantage point. Sure, I'm the only Black person, but sure, I'm the only correct person for this case. A lot of times when we have Black clients and they're in the middle of a conflict and facing a crisis, it's more welcoming and comforting to see a Black face. Regardless, if they have an entire black team representing them, when they come through the doors of a law firm and or a high profile crisis communications firm to see a black face, it absolutely does comfort them in their time of need. And, you know, I have a funny story. We were representing Wesley Snipes. And at the time I was just an associate and I was asked to come into the meeting room and Wesley greeted my boss and gave him or attempted to give him a dap. And the the exchange was just so uncomfortable. (laughs) And he looked at me and said, I'm glad you're in this room. And it was one of those moments where he got it. (laughs) He understood it right then and there. Yeah. You know, and so I think, you know, yeah, we're the only ones a lot of times in the room, but we can use that to our advantage. And that's exactly what I did while I was at such a company. Love that. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that explanation. And let's, let's talk about, crisis communications of it because I know like a lot of people feel like that's you know some people look at PR and it's like they look at the actual uh the marketing the the promotional side of it Mm -hmm. but you know there's reputation Mm -hmm. management there's different aspects of uh you know like you just said the, the litigation part for those of us who are not familiar with that um that that aspect of PR can you give us a little bit about that and you know pretty much like a rundown of what that looks like Yeah, you know, so it could be anything from a uh, potential sexual harassment case to a rape case to a murder case. Um, It could be just two business associates getting into an argument and they no longer want to work together and part ways and one has all of the proprietary proprietary secrets. And you just want to manage um, any potential damage. And if the damage has already been done, how are you going to pivot, shift, and protect some of the brands and make sure that they can come out of this um, whole? Oh, wow. And and in regards to like entrepreneurship, you know, when you see people that are launching startups and getting into, uh, you know, developing and creating these businesses, like, is there ever a client that is too small for uh, looking to to get someone to oversee like a like a crisis management team? Like, is that something that you only get when there's a crisis or should you just kind of be uh, prepared and just kind of have a strategy ahead of time? Proactive. Yeah. Well, I actually have a very... Um, prominent platform that specializes in creative content where users can upload whatever they want 
and get paid by their fans. And they have reached out to me oh, wow. uh, to help them uh, put together a potential crisis plan. And I think a lot of businesses are leaning towards that, especially during the pandemic. They have a lot of free time and they're wondering what didn't we get a chance to address when we are starting up. And so, oh, whereas wow, I don't yeah. think, you know, I get a lot of you know clients, new clients trying to come in and, you know, I'm pretty honest. A lot of times I'll say, hey, you are not at the point right now where you need a crisis communications person, but we can, what we can do is, you know, bring you in at a lower retainer and put together a potential crisis communications plan. And then if the, you know, the shit hits the fan, we can revisit maybe hiring me and, or one of my junior associates. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely, you know, being proactive. I mean, it's better to, to be prepared than, than not. Right. So, you know. Yes, but in my business, it's good for no one to be prepared and for them to call me. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, look. Okay. So, so now. Okay. So now, twenty twenty, you decide. Okay. Hey, let me just try my hand at this. Okay. You're gonna. You, oh. You, <laughs> see, you know, you know where I'm going. Um, Wild ride. I was just about to ask you, like, what did you have any like reservations? Like, what sort of? I don't know. Like, what what sort of journey have you? had in, in terms of just kind of saying, okay, you know what, Holly, let's, let's just go ahead and do this girl. Let's just go ahead and try our hand and see what happens when we venture out on our own. Like what, tell us about your, your experience. What, what was that like? Or what has that been like? Cause right. I know you're so, still building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for a couple of years, I was thinking, you know what, I want to be on my own. One, I'll get more money. You know, you're mm, working under yeah. someone else. Um, not that you're not the only one doing all the work, but you're not being compensated ever for the work that you do. And so I had worked on a really high profile case, uh, going on. The client is now sitting in jail and then he's going to be extradited and sent to Los Angeles to stand trial. And at the time I'm meeting all these high profile lawyers and everyone's saying, Hey, you should go on your own. You should go on your own. Well, that's great, but going on your own doesn't, you know, support the um, uh, team that yeah. you sometimes need when you're doing crisis communications. It's not just a one-person effort; it is a team effort. So I always have that in the back of my mind, like you know, if I go out on my own, who's going to help me? Who's going to check my back and uh, make sure that I'm doing everything I need to do, and that you know I'm not letting anything slip through the cracks? So I was really, you know, nervous about that. But, you know, at some point you have to jump and just have that faith that, you know what, you can do the job no matter what, and you're going to be okay and you're going to figure it out. And team members come and they go. And so as long as you start to build your team and build the right people, then you can have that solid foundation to um, create a business and be on your own. Yeah. And that's, that's a perfect explanation. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, having the right team, because, you know, a lot of times you, you know, especially when you, when you're launching a business or when you're starting out, you know, you're picking and choosing and you're just kind of, you know, seeing who who fits the the atmosphere um, and the energy of the team and who doesn't like what, what sort of, uh, what sort of background or what, what sort of interest do you feel like somebody that's listening right now, maybe they're interested in say, Oh yeah, I'm interested in crisis communications or, you know, um, just the public relations industry in general, like what sort of background or mm-hmm. um, skill set, or even just like, you know, general interest do you think they would need to be able to come into this industry and to really be a, a successful um, communications expert or PR um, yeah. professional? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, when I talk to a lot of students that always want to come in and intern for me because they have watched Scandal and or Ray Donovan and, want to, you know, you're the Olivia Pope, yeah. I want to work for you. <laughs> it, it is not right. like Glitter and glam, right. all the time yeah. at all. And, you know, I think the number one thing we have to have is really thick skin. You are helping people facing their entire career being mm. destroyed. Cancel culture is real. So you are not there to be their friend. You're there to get in and get out, resolve the situation, and move on with your life. And I, you know, I find a lot of times it is a slow burn. You might not get the result the first time, but you have to continue to keep trying. So whereas you have to have thick skin, you have to have determination that is unwavered. You have to be able to survive and withstand what is coming towards you. Um, if you cannot do that, you will shrivel up and slither away, and no one will ever you know, hear from you again. Um, yeah. You are essentially taking on these people's problems and trying to figure out and maneuver a way out of them. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that's so you important. Know, yeah. yeah, you know, and being organized. You know, if you're juggling multiple clients, you got to make sure you have case files, all the documentation, and you got to read um, what's going on. You can't just skim through stuff. A lot of times, public relations professionals, we're fast readers. We can absorb a lot of information. A lot of times in criminal cases, you have to read every line of every court document, no matter how huge the file is, to make sure that you know more than the reporter knows. Wow. That's a lot to take in. Even now, like you just kind of going down the, the checklist of, you know, what it would take to be able to even come in and, and, and see a glimpse of a, a sustainable career. You know, if you got started down this uh, specific path and I, I'm wondering, I know you mentioned like, you know, mentally the thick skin, but like for someone like yourself that's been doing this for many, many years, you know, you're an expert at what you do. How are you managing your own? Like, how do you? The stress, like I can't even imagine getting those, you know, one thirty, two a.m. calls, and plus you're, you're, you know, you're in L.A., so that's the way entertainment never sleeps, right? Just an ongoing deal, um, and even with the clients you that know, you have, like, how do you manage that? Yeah, you know, there was one case I worked on; it was a death. I don't think I slept for five days straight, oh, and oh. the adrenaline is what keeps you going, you know. And with that being said, the pandemic really gave a lot of us a chance to figure out what we're doing wrong and giving us a chance to fix it. Yes. And I realized early on last year, just in the shift of my environment, that I was not taking care of myself, that I was not taking time to do the things that I needed to do. It was, you know, up at 5.30 in the morning, on my computer by 6.30 in the morning, you know, coffee in hand, getting mm-hmm. into the car, on my hour commute, run through the door, open my computer up, get going till seven o'clock at night. Maybe I might go have a drink or get a quick bite with, you know, some coworkers after work. I get home, continue to work. I'm in bed by 1130. There's no time for peacefulness um, and, you know, resetting. And I think it's really important um, if you are a public relations practitioner to make sure that you have your own schedule for um, a healthy mind and body. Yeah, and I, I, I can I almost know that that's that's probably probably one of the things that you were looking forward to when you decided to go off on your own, right? <laughs> to be able to to yeah. make your own schedule. I wanted more time for myself, <laughs> not this much time. My God, like 
this last year has been crazy. And, you know, I think, again, you can either use this free time to create a business, Mm. take a course, refreshing your skills, and or take the time to fix yourself and you know, there's a lot of things that we take on with our jobs and at some point you just have to say, you know what, I can't take this case right now and no explanation is needed. Yeah. Yeah. You know the explanation. You need some time to yourself. Oh man, I love that. Okay. No, I that's you you're you're perfectly that's perfectly fine. And I'm, hey, I'm with you 250% on that. And I love that. And my, and my, it kind of leads into the next question. And I, um, I want to talk about chronic PR because that's mm-hmm. your, uh, you know, your boutique that, you know, your, your firm is pretty much yeah. focused on wellness and cannabis. Like, tell and us, that's like, my baby. Is it okay? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it, Holly. Let's talk mm-hmm. about it. How did you, okay, was that, did you, know that you wanted to do wellness like ahead of time in cannabis? Like, was that like, okay, hey, I'm looking, I'm interested in this lifestyle rather. Let me see how I can use my skill set and really cultivate um, a firm that that is in that space. And plus, you know, cannabis is is really um, like one of the newer industries. Like, how did you define what your next venture would be in terms of the your, your firm? So like I've done in my career, I build upon where I've been to get me to where I need to go. And as long as I can remember as a little child, I've loved uh, luxury products, um, all things wellness, massage. And as I got older, I developed um, a chronic illness called fibromyalgia. And what that is is widespread nerve damage and it causes extreme pain. And so um, after testing you know, all the medication that the doctors want to put you on, I decided I'm not taking anything else and um, was just suffering. And I had a friend who actually was a former client and she said, why don't you try cannabis? Mm, It'll really help you with your inflammation and your pain. And so I did. And I was like, this is the magic cure right right, here. And so I started to, yeah, to look up other products and companies. And I found, you know, it was such an early space. People are trying to get into it. And there are a lot of companies that need help on how to launch their products. With that, the cannabis industry was new. There were a lot of issues with compliance, Mm -hmm. product labeling, and and that's crisis. And that's what I do. And so I was able to use my crisis communications experience, my background in advertising, my background in marketing and my background in event planning to launch this company for small cannabis companies to be able to have the support of a PR practitioner. And so now I have about five or six clients for that and uh, looking always to expand. And uh, it's been a really interesting journey and meet so many people that created their cannabis line because of a family member that might've had a chronic illness yeah. or because they just like wellness and they want to make people feel better. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that wonderful how things kind of fall together? You know, things that you're really genuinely mm-hmm. interested in and you, you know, you ain't got to do no struggling. Like there's no resistance. You just flow into wellness and cannabis yeah. because you, you know, you enjoy it. So man, that's... and you get free products. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We love products, right? Right. We love their products. <laughs> right. With the 10, 15, 20 different cosmetics and you know, on the counter with yes. lotion <laughs> lotions and sanitizers and all that type of stuff. I love it. 
that's perfect. That's me for sure. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> All right, so let's let's um I, I before we uh, get ready to to get to the end of this thing, I want to talk a little bit about some of the services that you specifically offer. Not only like you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you do coaching or or some other different um mm-hmm. you know webinar type platforms, but just share with us. Like, say for instance, somebody's just, somebody's look at me. <laughs> tongue twisted. Say for instance, someone is listening and um, they're interested in, you know, just some uh, consulting or just whatever, like, let us know a little bit about your services mm-hmm. and how to, how to go about obtaining those. Sure. You know, I do document drafting. I do media training. I do situation analysis. I do investigative um, background investigations. I do media lists. I help you script um, your narrative and figure out what your actual pitch is going to be. I come in and assess your business, what could potentially go wrong, what could potentially go good, and where you can amplify your best practices. I pretty much do everything under the sun um, when I consult. And if you need a larger team to do the traditional PR, um, I do have people that I've joined forces with. And when we get those clients, we um, are able to provide a full service public relations team for them. Campaign, gotcha. Yeah, and, and and let me ask you this: like, is there an ideal client or someone that would be like a better fit for your services, or like, how do you go about assessing who would who would be a potential client? You know, every year I do take on a few pro bono cases. Um, I, I love to work with a lot of organizations. I'm currently working with uh, the Genesee program out of Los Angeles. They're a domestic violence uh, based organization. And, you know, is there ever a perfect client? Yeah, the one that gets in trouble all the time and that can pay their bill all the time. That's the perfect client. Um, right. right, I agree. With, with that being said, you know, sometimes we can tailor the retainer. Um, you know, I do like to help people out. I think that's one of the things that defines me early on in my career. I knew I wanted to help people. Did not know I'd be helping some people that um, have been completely canceled and obliterated from the face of the earth yeah. in our you know new culture but so be it and I, I want to be there when it pivots and and be a part of the change not just be a part of getting that person out I, I truly believe that a lot of the issues that say Hollywood is going through and the reckoning could have been avoided mm-hmm. and it just takes a couple people to speak up and say hey this is not right let's fix this now and save some careers before um, their legacies are forever tarnished. Exactly. And you know what? I, I want to add this in because I, it just dawned on me. Um, like I was noticing earlier this week uh, in my, my Twitter feed, how one of the, the uh, one of the connections that I, that I kind of follow, they were being canceled because of some things that they said last year in regards to the election, like what, mm-hmm. what's your take on when you, now this is not a celebrity client uh, or a celebrity at all. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is this is someone who has a, a pretty good following, you know, you, you, you're on mm-hmm. social media, you're very active and you say that one thing that pisses people off. And now all of a sudden right. you're on IG, you know, they make the emojis of you. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing all this whole big bash mm-hmm. against that one thing that you said in April of last year mm-hmm. that they saw that was, was out of pocket. Like when, because you have that, that group of people that gang up on you, then all of a sudden you have the whole social media, you know, coming, <laughs> coming for you. Like, is there like, what's your, what, what are your thoughts on that? And how do you go about fixing mm-hmm. that for those people who, you know, maybe it wasn't malicious. It was just something, a thought, right. But sometimes 
the -hmm. things that we perceive come out as whatever we perceive it as. So like, how, what, what is your recommendation or what are your thoughts when people um, say things and then all of a sudden they're ganged up on and and officially canceled uh, on social? Right. So two parts in that. So one, I don't just take celebrities. I I do take businesses and individual, um, you know, uh, professionals. I have a, a couple of lawyers, for example, and a couple of politicians and just some random business owners um, that just need help honing in their messaging and then amplifying um, what they want to say when they are on social media. And so what we have in this culture is the mob mentality, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. some people might not even know the um, genesis of what you said or why you said it, but have seen your name trending and have seen their friends um, speak ill of you and just join the bandwagon to cancel you. And when you have a client facing that, you know, the best thing to do, be authentic, be yourself. Don't flip flop and change your story. Mm -hmm. If you truly believe in this and you truly want to support X, Y, and Z, let's state why. Let's provide facts and let's move on. Because at the end of the day, you are not going to please everybody and especially not people that are hiding behind anonymity online. You will not be able to face that. What you can do, provide facts, and move on with your life. Well, that is one of the realest things I've heard all morning. Do not flip-flop. If you said it, stand by it and explain why you feel that way. Okay. I have an example. Chris Harrison. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the host of The Bachelorette. Oh, the okay. Bachelorette. Oh, yes. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. His interview... We didn't see the full interview. We didn't see the lead-up questions, and we didn't see the aftermath. And if the person interviewing felt so compelled to let this man continue to talk, then I'm a little confused as a black woman, the black woman, why she failed to give this man the lesson and the learning lesson that he needed. Mm-hmm. I absolutely understand where Chris Harrison was coming from. Did he? Uh, relay that information properly? Probably not. But he is absolutely right. Five years ago, things that the the mass general public deemed appropriate have completely changed to where we are now. And there is no way that anybody can state that that is not true. And that is what this man was trying to articulate. He was not trying to say that Annabelle and parties were okay and that slavery parties were okay he was saying years ago everybody was doing it and no one had a problem with it but because this shift in the culture and people are woke i'm using my air quotes and people are now trying to atone for the sins of their fathers and mothers and their ancestors now it's a problem that is what Chris Harrison was saying. And it's a travesty that this man has been completely canceled because of one comment that he was not able to articulate properly. Wow. Doesn't make any sense, you know? And it was a learning lesson. I don't think we had that learning lesson. I would have loved to have gotten uh, black people and white people and everyone else in between in a room. And let's talk about images of appropriation and how images of slavery affect children and youth and our generation today yeah. as it did back then. But now we're able to talk about it. That's the only difference. Five years ago, we weren't talking about it. Today, we are talking about it. So why didn't we take this opportunity to discuss it publicly? 
now that the band-aid's been ripped off. I don't understand why some people in networks choose to prop people up and then when they're getting snatched down, be part of that machine that takes them down instead of holding tight, doing what is right, and moving on. Yeah, that's writings. It's writings. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, look, this, I can never get enough of this. This, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And before we wrap up, um, Holly, give me a couple of words of inspiration. You know, just anyone that is looking to take that next step. I know you mentioned some wonderful things earlier in, in terms of just stepping in and, and doing it. Um, but mm-hmm. give us, give us some more words. You know, I think anyone listening today, if you can do the following for me, just, Take a deep breath, take a beat, close your eyes, envision where you want to be, briefly think about where you've been, write down three things you want to accomplish by the end of the month, open your eyes and get started. And I think at the beginning of every month, if you can do that, you will see yourself propel to the career you want, to the person you want. And it'll just provide a compass for you to always remember to look down, to see what you need to do, cross it off, and move forward. It's just that simple. Take all of the extra noise out of it. It's just that simple. Write down what you want to do and get going. Just that simple and easy. That's perfect. Well, Holly, we appreciate it. Before we wrap up, um, let us know we can find you online, leave your website, um, social media handles, if anyone wants to connect, uh, and anything else you'd like to share. Sure. You can find me at that Holly Baird, pretty much on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter. And then if you just type in my name, Holly Baird, my black face will show up and you can follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> and uh, I do love to connect with people. Um, there are not a lot of black Holly Bears. I'm the only one, but there are a few Holly Bears in other countries. So um, if you have a complaint, make sure you send it to them, not me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love your spirit. Uh, all right. Holly, well, thank you so much for being an awesome guest. We appreciate it. And definitely, we got to have you back when we kick off um, the next season. Please. Yes, ma'am. Well, Happy you, to support you. Absolutely. And thank you so much for your time. We enjoyed speaking with you. Anytime. Take care. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.